0: This is 105.9 The Region, where parents talk and explore practical, proactive, and evidence-based solutions. This is Where Parents Talk with Leanne Castellino.
1: Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. This is Where Parents Talk here on 105.9 The Region. I'm your host, Leanne Castellino. Depending on your source, there are generally anywhere from four to eight parenting styles that are commonly referenced. Authoritative, Authoritarian, Neglectful, and Permissive are the four main parenting styles, each rooted in psychology. Now, while you may be aware of your parenting style, most of us are likely less cognizant of our anxiety style. Our guest today is a licensed marriage and family therapist, an MBA, and a best-selling author. Amber Trueblood also has more than 25 years of experience in the mental health space, she is the co-founder of the Mecca project aimed at helping teens and young adults thrive. Mecca stands for mentally and emotionally through conscious awareness. Amber is also a mother of four sons. Her second book is called The Unflustered Mom: How understanding the five anxiety styles transforms the way we parent, partner, live and love. Amber Trueblood joins us today from San Diego, California. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Leanne. I am excited to dig
2: in and and hopefully provide some really interesting and also useful strategies for your listeners.
1: Well, and such an interesting topic. I'm not sure how many people in our audience would be familiar with anxiety styles versus what many of us know are parenting styles. So let's start off with what is uh, an anxiety style? Yeah, that's a great question. So it is a framework
2: um, that I present in the book, in The Unflustered Mom. And there are five anxiety styles. So there's the lover, the fighter, the executive, the dynamo, and the visionary. And each of these has different core triggers, right? Core values, rather, and then emotional triggers. So what may cause anxiety for you, Leanne, may not cause anxiety for your husband or for your mother-in-law or for your neighbor, your best friend, right? And so what triggers us is different. And because of that, we're going to have different reactions to whatever challenges come up in our lives. And then we're going to have different strategies that are going to be far more likely to help you than might help somebody with a different anxiety style. So the reason that these can be useful to know and understand about yourself and about the other people close in your life is so that- you can better acknowledge when you're being emotionally triggered, right? And then you are more likely to utilize the tools that are most likely to help you manage through it so that you can feel better sooner.
1: It makes perfect sense as you describe it. So then how does one determine what their anxiety style actually is?
2: Okay, so I have a quiz for that um and i'll i'll describe them here we can go through a little bit but if you want to dig deeper um the quiz is at flourishquiz.com and the reason i call it flourish is you know anxiety has kind of a, a negative connotation obviously so each of these styles it's not a negative thing or a positive thing it really is when this anxiety style is not serving you when you're not behaving acting making decisions from your core values basically then it can create anxiety and overwhelm. And when you are really aligned and very intuitive and understanding where you're coming from and what your needs are, that's where you're gonna flourish. So it's kind of the flip side to the same coin. Where it's working well for you, it's a flourish style. And where it's not, it becomes your anxiety style. But either way, you're a lover, right? So if you are, for instance, so lovers really are all about their their connections with the people that they care about in their life. And they want to feel acknowledged. They want to feel loved. They want to feel appreciated. They want to feel like the people around me want to spend time with me. So when that is happening, oh my gosh, you're just filled up as a lover. You're flying high. You are fulfilled emotionally and deeply. You become more emotionally resilient and able to deal with any other things that come in your life because that feels really solid to you Um, when it's not happening. Right. Or when all of a sudden you're you're spiraling because maybe you see a bunch of your colleagues or your girlfriends got together and didn't invite you. Oh, my gosh. Then you might be thinking, well, what are they mad at me? Are they talking about me? Did I do something to upset one? Did my kids do something to one of their kids? You know, and your brain can start spiraling. So as a lover, the tactics and strategies that I recommend for them to reduce stress and anxiety in their life is a to begin to move your sense of self-worth from the actions and behaviors of others to how you feel about yourself. Because at the end of the day, we can't control how other, what people do or what they say about us. And the truth is, most of the time, it's not about us anyway, right? But we assume, right? Like, oh gosh, you know, it's it's something about us they don't like when really chances are it could be a million other things. But as lovers, that's often, that's a tender spot for lovers, right? So the strategies that I have around lovers is really building that sense of self-worth from within um, so that you can still really show up and be the person you want to be in your relationships with others but your your happiness is not dependent on that
1: you are listening to where parents talk here on 105.9 the region our guest is amber trueblood marriage and family therapist mba author and mother of four we are talking about anxiety styles and their impact on parenting now amber what i find particularly interesting about this topic is the current discourse in society around being more in touch with our emotions and increased focus on emotional intelligence, having parents share their feelings with their kids and vice versa. We're hearing about all of those things more and more. How can we apply an anxiety style once we know what that is for an individual to a parenting style?
2: Really what I want for anxiety styles to do for parents is give them a really, really strong toolbox to use both preventatively. So here are some strategies in the book. I break it down for each anxiety style, what you can do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, even once a year, there's a deep dive activity for each anxiety style. And that is set so that you can on a regular basis be doing practices that raise what I call your emotional bank account, right? Because the more we're refueling ourselves, in a way that's important to us, right? In a way that is really important to us and is not just this kind of surface self-care, which can be lovely in the moment, but it's not necessarily enduring. Um, When we're doing that, we're far more likely to be able to make decisions more clearly, right? We're able to concentrate on anything that we're doing, right? Whether that's work or spending time with our family, we're Going to be likely to have more patience. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. So, all of that is going to improve your ability to parent and show up as a parent in the way you want to show up. Right. So, when you are preventatively doing things every day to quote, fill your cup or fill your emotional bank account, you're going to be more patient, more kind, more flexible, more understanding, more articulate, more able to switch gears, more able to create boundaries that are. Know boundaries and rules, or, or you know, whatever it is that you're trying to instill in your family and be really super clear about it, right? And not waffle, right? And that's what I think children need, right? They want to know that you know what you're doing (laughs) because otherwise it's scary. And of course, nobody there's no right and wrong answer, you know, we're all doing the best we can at any given moment. Um, and then I have in the moment strategies, because there's things you could have your, the highest emotional bank account ever, and still stuff is going to happen. That's going to cause you to fluster, you know, to feel flustered. You're going to, it's inevitable because you're human and you're living a human existence amongst other humans and things happen, right? So it's not that you're never going to ever be flustered. It's that when these inevitable bumps and jumps and and dips come in front of you in your life that you have the tools at your disposal to deal with those in the moment. And so I I love to collect tools to create tools and to test them myself and uh, and then share them with people and I walk people through what's called an emotional emergency support plan so that they choose the three best one minute strategies like literally one minute these take one minute Most of them are kind of brain hacks, and I can share a couple of those with you and your listeners if you'd like. And then some are 10-minute strategies, and then some are 30-minute strategies. And so when I have somebody make their EESP, they choose ahead of time, when you're feeling good, when you have the energy, you choose it, and then you put it on your phone, you put it on your wall, you put it in your wallet, and when you are feeling, oh my gosh, I'm so anxious right now, or I'm so frustrated, or I'm so mad, or I'm just, oh my gosh, I have no patience right now. I'm just ready to lose my ass. Okay. I'm going to look at that. How much time do I have? I have 15 minutes till I have to go pick up the kids. All right. I'll do pick one of the 10 minute strategies and you do it. So that's how I want anxiety styles to work for parents to really give you the confidence that you're armed with the tools that actually work for you to get back on the saddle again and feel good and not like, Oh God, I have four more
1: hours until bedtime. How am I going to do this? (laughs) I've never thought that Amber ever in my entire parenting career. What? (laughs) (laughs) You've got four kids of your own. What was the catalyst for you to want to write this book and then to go ahead and do it? Well, I love learning and I
2: love books. I'm obsessed with books and they just bring me so much joy And so I I always encourage people, like I have clients, and I always encourage them, like, you know, how you love to consume information is sometimes exactly the right way that you want to share the information, right? Because that's the platform that you, you use most. So I love books. So. I immediately was like, well, I want to write a book. You know, that's how I want to help people. And then I wrote my first book, which was called stretch marks. And I realized, Oh, can't really just write a book these days. You have to have a podcast and you have to have a website and you have to have courses and you have to do all these other things. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing all these other things. So I did all those other things. Um, and then in March of 2020, um, when the planet was at kind of an all-time state of of confusion and disarray. And I saw um, families becoming really agitated with one another. I saw communities becoming really agitated with each other, um, countries, obviously. And, you know, I sat back and I thought, wow, like we're all reacting so differently to presumably similar, you know, uh, challenges, And instead of coming together, we seem to be coming apart. What's happening? Why is this happening? And so, you know, I I looked at it from a number of different angles. And that's where really the birth of the anxiety styles came from, as I thought, oh, we have different kind of core emotional triggers. And that's what is informing our, our reaction. And how can we help to kind of reconnect with these people that we feel so disconnected from, you know, there are people who are like, I've known you for 20 years. Like, who who are you? I don't understand how you're reacting this way. And I'm reacting that way. And people were just baffled and myself included. And so I thought, you know, what if there was a framework where we could use it to understand ourselves and understand the people around us? And might that elicit some self-compassion elicit some compassion for others and be the bridge that allows us to communicate a little bit more effectively with the people around us. So that's, that's really where it came from. And then, you know, it was about three years, three months in the making of, you know, writing it and rewriting it and research and talking about it and, and flushing it out so that it could be the most helpful version because a framework is all interesting But to me, I'm all about, well, what do you do about it? (laughs) Like, what do I do tonight at dinner differently, knowing that I'm a dynamo? Okay, great. Now I know I'm a dynamo. I have a label. Now what? So I wanted it to be really, really full of here's now what. And here's how you can take responsibility in that to choose the best path for yourself. And so I talk about motivational styles in the book. I talk about something called super senses, which is another way to help figure out what type of strategies are more likely to work for you. So there are people that are more triggered by sense, like smells than other people. Some people are more auditory. Some people are more tactile. You can use that to your advantage, right? In a very simple, simple way. And because like you said, because I have four children, I'm, I'm all about like quick, effective results (laughs) with the least amount of work or concentration or time or planning as possible. And so the strategies that I share are often that, you know, it's as, it's as quick and realistic as possible because, you know, I want parents to actually use them and see the benefits
1: as, as quickly as possible time for a short break when we come back here on where parents talk more of our conversation with amber trueblood author of the unflustered mom after the break how can anxiety styles present themselves and much more stay with us we'll be right back
0: want to learn more about the show email info at where stick around Leanne Castellino and Where Parents Talk will be right back on 1059 The Region. Welcome back to Where Parents Talk. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Here's Leanne Castellino.
1: Welcome back. Do you know what your triggers are? And does knowing your triggers impact how you parent? We're talking about anxiety styles with our guest, Amber Trueblood, therapist, MBA, best selling author, and mother of four. Amber, could you take us through why it was important to write a book on this topic at this time, targeting moms? I'm an impact maker and I want to leave
2: this planet thinking that I made my best efforts to change the world for the better. And in my book, you know, no pun intended, the best way I see that I can do that is to help moms because if I help moms feel better emotionally, um, then I think that they can, they will be better mothers, whatever that means for them, right? Not what I think a better mother would be, but whatever the best mom they want to be and what is a good mom in their, in their eyes. Um, and when that happens, I believe they're more, most likely to create children who are emotionally intelligent, emotionally resilient, who can be kind, compassionate, creative. And when we have a next generation of humans that are compassionate, kind, good communicators, uh, I think that that can change our entire future for the planet. So to me, the number one population (laughs) that, um, that would give us the
1: best bang for the buck to help is mom's. I don't know that people can appreciate an anxiety style if you don't fully understand how it can manifest itself in your life, that is to say stress and overwhelm. So could you take us through some examples yes. that perhaps we don't ordinarily sort of single out as yeah. part of a bigger problem?
2: Oh, that's a really, I love that question because, and in the book, I do break down, I, I put a list of triggers so that people people can begin to uh, see their own triggers, because sometimes um, we just don't, we don't, we're too in it. Right. And we don't even notice it. So I will say things like, Hey, you know, you might know that you're emotionally triggered. If after the kids go to bed, you're opening up that freezer and you're just, you're pouring into the the ice cream. Right. And it's not something you do every night, but you do when you're feeling particularly stressed or overwhelmed, or you could start, you know, scanning you know, Instagram and, you know, replying or getting all upset about things, you know, oh, huh. That's not something I normally do. I must be feeling, you know, extra feisty right now. Um, Or you could go online and all of a sudden, you know, that whenever you're feeling triggered, you're on, you know, overstock.com and you're ordering pillows, you know, or something like that. Or you start, um, you know, reading articles, uh, And going down spirals on the news and watching, you know, reading articles after articles after articles that are not helping your emotional state, but actually increasing the amount of anxiety and overwhelm you feel. So, a lot of it is, you know, helping parents to understand what they do. Maybe you're quick to tears, you know, you're just like finding yourself really emotional, or you're finding your your patients wearing thin, something that you would have laughed at a week ago happens. The identical situation, and all of a sudden you're yelling at everybody. So it's so important for parents to help identify our own triggers so that we know, uh, okay, uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. this I might need to institute some of these um support, you know, mechanisms, some emotional toolbox items so that I can move through this because um this is an indication to me that I'm feeling overwhelmed or anxious because of. And like I just said, it looks different in everybody. So for some people, anxiety manifests as getting really angry, getting really irritable, you know, so that's when it, it's the energy is focused outward, right? So I'm going to be short with people. I'm going to have high expectations. I'm going to, you know, want to kind of get into the fray with people. And other times it goes inward. Oh, I just canceled all my plans. I am not answering my phone. I am staying in bed. I am not getting out of my pajamas. I'm going within. And that's what the anxiety is causing me to withdraw. And chances are just in those two examples, most of the people listening will say, oh, yeah, I do. I do one of those. You know, we, we fairly we know ourselves fairly well. So we know, and maybe, you know, different times of, of your life that's ebbed and flowed a little bit, but chances are. You, if you stop to think about it, which is important part, you can identify how you tend to behave when you feel anxious and what that looks like, because it doesn't always look like thing, you know, it's not like the movie anxious, right? Like I'm, oh, I'm biting my fingers and twirling my hair and having heart palpitations and sweating like, okay, that's like a cartoon version of anxiety, right? And so when you're feeling uncertain about the future and it's causing negative emotional response in your body, that's anxiety. And, and I like to say too, with, you know, overwhelm, because that's a term that goes around a lot. And that's why I called this book, the unflustered mom, instead of using like stress or anxiety or, or even, um, overwhelm in the title, because they're kind of overused. And a lot of moms will think of, you know, that overwhelmed is caused by the number of items on your to-do list, the number of responsibilities you hold, the number of jobs you're trying to juggle, the number of children you have, the number of elderly parents you're you're also managing, you know, um, the number of financial, you know, issues that you have in your life. And while those can all certainly attribute to or contribute rather to your level of, of frustration and overwhelm, It really is less that and more, how are you spending your time? How are you spending your energy, your attention, your focus, your resources? And is that aligned with what's really important to you? If you are spending a ton of time, a ton of money, a ton of resources on things that are not really truly important to you you're doing them because it's your job or because your mother-in-law is pressuring you or because you know your your family is pressuring you and it's really not in ways that that are important to you specifically that's draining and that is when resentment can can come up right um that's when frustration overwhelm burnout all of those things can start to kind of bubble up now when you're spending a large majority of your time and energy in ways that are really important to you, that's when you're still busy, but you are energized by that behavior. You are fulfilled by that, by those actions. And so what I try to do both in, in my work one-on-one with people and in my writing is to help people really clarify that for themselves so that they can move toward more and more alignment and um, and then that's when you're really working in your like zone of genius
1: anyway. You mentioned the framework that you've developed. I'm curious as to what sort of preparation in terms of research you undertook to write this book.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting. Well, I meditate regularly um, and have for about 10 years now. About when I turned 40, I started meditating regularly. And um, the concept for this book came as what a lot of people call download. It came as an, an intuitive hit after a meditation. And I just started writing and writing and writing. And I have a background in psychology and obviously work as a therapist. And so there's something called Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which was a famous paper that came out, um, in I think 1941 or 42 and is talked about a lot. And, and that, concept came into my head. And then I was thinking also about the five love languages and how that framework, um, which is also a very popular book, became very, very um, popular in that it helped people to understand, oh, how I like to give and receive love might be different from how you like to give and receive love. And when I understand my style and your style, wow, I can really show up for you in a way that allows you to feel loved and you can show up for me. In the same way, in a different way, but then I can feel loved. And so I kind of married those two ideas um, and then kept tweaking it from there. And it's really interesting because what I didn't do is go study thousands of people with this framework. So, you know, all of the strategies that I recommend will help anybody really truthfully. In my book, it was really, it was really about, you know, how do I help people find the strategies that are most likely to work for them because we're all different. And I think that this is a beautiful way to understand those differences.
1: Amber, skill testing question. What is your anxiety style?
2: I'm a dynamo, which is very like achievement oriented, um, very much Doing very much making decisions from a, a logical, practical standpoint up here in my head instead of kind of this gut instinct or following my heart or intuitive decisions. I tend to be more future oriented than in the present moment. So, a lot of the strategies that I offer for dynamos are about getting into the present moment. Mindfulness, you know, meditation is super impactful for me because that is not a default mode I'm in. Whereas my husband, He's very good at being in the present moment, you know, and he's very naturally meditative in a way that I have to, like, I had to practice, (laughs) you know, that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, So yeah, I'm a dynamo.
1: And so then how, uh, knowing that you're a dynamo, how did that impact how you parent your four sons who incidentally are ages between 10 and 15 years old?
2: Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think that as parents, we tend to, um, understand the motives and the triggers of children that have similar styles as we do, right? So there's a little bit more like, oh yeah, I get why you would be upset at this. I would be upset at this too. So it's easier to connect sometimes emotionally with our children if they have similar anxiety styles. Um, And what it has helped me to do is understand where my kids have different anxiety styles than I do, um, how I can show up to meet their emotional needs a little bit more readily. Um, And even just words we use. And, And sometimes you have, like we got a cat during COVID. Watching how differently each of my kids interacted with the cat was a huge enlightenment window, right? I had one that kind of took over the care and feeding. Like he makes sure that water bowl is clean Every single day, make sure the food is there. He just left me a note on my to-do list today saying, Hey mom, can you order wet food for Andy, please? Um, so he is on top of things, right? That's how he, that's what's important to him. And that's how he shows his, his love and care. Another one is constantly saying, I love you, Andy. I love you. You're such, you know, is very verbal. So that shows me, okay, if I want to connect with these two different kids here, they're showing me. They're showing me how they want to be connected with and what's important to them. So I think that that's a a really important observation that parents can do is watch, watch how your children, you know, watch what they're triggered by, right? And see if it fits into one of those five anxiety styles. And then you can help share with them some of the strategies that might be useful.
1: Amber Trueblood, therapist, author of The Unflustered Mom. We appreciate your time and your perspective today. Thank you. To watch the full video interview with Amber Trueblood, head to whereparentstalk.com. You can also find more information and links to our other guests that we have on this show. That is our time for this edition of Where Parents Talk. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Leanne Castellino. Hope you'll join us next time.
0: Sign up for Leanne's parenting newsletter and so much more at whereparentstalk.com. This is Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region.